the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRostro, the French Minister of the Interior, accusing the far right of encouraging violence and clashes with police in Paris. It comes as French police are firing tear gas and water cannons to disperse demonstrators who are angry about rising fuel taxes in the Macron presidency. A robust shopping day yesterday and what's traditionally called Black Friday, the day retailers say they can put their books in the black for the year. And as more and more people head online, financial analyst Hilliard Kramer says brick-and-mortar shopping is still popular. Brick-and-mortar continues to survive. Even Amazon wants to see brick-and-mortar stores from JCPenney's to Macy's to Home Depot survive and to thrive. Kramer is editor of the financial newsletter Game Changers in cooperation with Salem Media, parent company of SRN News. This is SRN News. Eric Metaxas can't explain what's coming from the mainstream media. If it were a private directive to Sessions, maybe you have something to talk about. But this is a public tweet to millions of people to read. And they are actually talking about it seriously as though it might constitute obstruction of justice. This is above the fold in the headline. The Eric Metaxas Show, overnights at 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. You're listening to AM 1280, The Patriot. This is Andrew speaking. Today, we have a high of 38 with 20% chance of rain, snow, but a 100% chance of fog and mist. Hooray. AM 1280, The Patriot's mobile app today. Listen in so you can find your favorite programs wherever you are. Faster loading, more social media links, and all to stay connected to your favorite station anytime and anywhere you are. Download today in the App Store. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM twelve eighty Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with an hour number two of the broadcast. We'd like to call the headliner edition, but it's the closer filling in for the headliner. It's me, Brad Carlson. You can uh, check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag darnshow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. And you can also look us up on Facebook. Just look up Northern Alliance Radio Network on Facebook. Give us a like, and you can follow along with uh, all of our show's content. As always, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. And uh, long-time 
Uh, listener uh, Wild Wilson. Hey, Wild Wilson, good to hear from you, brother. Uh, Wild Wilson, I've met at a couple of uh, Patriot events. Uh, he weighs in. Uh, kind of talking a little bit about uh, my uh, monologue on Trump uh, and uh, not visiting the war zone and uh, how his standing with the military may be waning a little bit. And he's saying, uh, what if he's just doing things differently with going to the troops? I know it's uh, how it looks and uh, and I know how it looks and get that. I know when I was at Trader Joe's, had a few people actually stroke me for being a good guy. Yes, I wish more like that could happen for the president. And, you know, my thing is, is if the president wants to say, hey, here's how I'm interacting with the military. Here's how I'm to be supportive. I feel as though video conferencing is good enough and provide morale that way. If he wants to defend how he's handling it, that's that's one thing. But when he says, "Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll get I'll get to the war zones eventually," and you know, continues to push it out, uh, that's going to continue to to reflect poorly. And obviously, the military was a a significant part of his demographic that helped him get elected in 2016. So, um, but appreciate the uh, appreciate the input, Wild Wilson again weighing in on our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. I don't think Wild is his real first name, um, so I'm just going to go out on a limb. But I've met him before. Uh, fun guy. Uh, a few Patriot events, so we appreciate uh, appreciate the input, definitely. Uh, I've uh, wrote a little bit this past week at my blog, uh, Uh Congressman-elect Dan Crenshaw, you may have heard his name uh, recently. He uh, Well, first of all, he was recently elected out of the uh, Texas's second congressional district, which, uh, let me see the demographics of their... Demographics, yeah, de- uh, demographics of uh, the second congressional district. It's kind of a Kingwood, North Houston area. Uh, Dan Crenshaw was recently elected. Of course, he uh, served this country in the uh, in the military, and uh, while serving in the military, ended up uh, suffering or ended up uh, kind of on the bad end of an IED. Uh, let me see what his military services. Uh, he was a uh, was a Navy SEAL. And uh, he uh, served, while serving, was uh, suffered an eye injury where he uh, needed surgery. He, well, he lost his right eye, and then he needed surgery to save vision in his left eye. And obviously he received um, uh, two Bronze Star Medals, Purple Heart, and the Navy Commendation Medal with Valor. And then, of course, he had to medically retire from the military in 2016. And I've said that Dan Crenshaw is kind of the hero American needs right now, but not sure that we deserve as a country, given where we are these days. And it all starts back to early November. It was just a couple of days before Election Day. Saturday Night Live did a bit. Uh, Pete Davidson, who I'd literally never heard of, uh, I guess he was dating Ariana Grande at one point, and then they were engaged, and she broke it off, or did he break it off? I don't know. Don't care. All right. I literally never heard of Pete Davidson because I've said many a times that Saturday Night Live has pretty much been a steaming pile since the late 90s when Chris Farley and Phil Hartman uh, suffered untimely deaths. And ever since then, I really haven't tuned in. And what little I tuned in, it just was so painfully unfunny that I just ceased watching. Well, Pete Davidson apparently was given some sort of commentary on their, uh, do they still call it Weekend Update, the bit they do in Saturday Night Live? Yeah, I Weekend Update. Okay, correct. it's called Weekend Update. I remember... Uh, Dennis went back when Dennis. Well, I re, I'm old enough to remember when Chevy Chase did Weekend Update. That's how old I am. But anyways, uh, apparently Pete Davidson was making fun of uh, of Dan Crenshaw because he was a Republican running for Congress, and Republicans are always a favorite foil of these 
quote-unquote comedy shows. And he mocked his appearance saying, you know, yeah, he kind of looks like a hitman in a porno movie, or he lost his eye in war or whatever. Okay, just kind of making fun of him. And just a couple days ahead of the election and a week ahead of Veterans Day, pretty distasteful. I mean, making fun of any veteran and their debilitating injury is in and of itself pretty distasteful. But to do it a week before Veterans Day, doubly so. And, of course, as we normally do in this day and age, we take to social media and just express our outrage and anger and indignation and how dare he and Pete Davidson should be taken off Saturday Night Live. And how refreshing was it that the victim of these barbs himself, Dan Crenshaw, uh, came out and said, you know what, I'm not going to demand an apology. Yeah, this happened to me. It's unfortunate. And when this IED went off, I wasn't outraged. Wasn't outraged then. I'm not going to be outraged now. And I love how he how he put it. He says, I'm tired of this outrage culture. That's how he labeled it. And like, my God, that's the perfect description of this. Because some of these people that have these grievances on Twitter, it's like, I think it was called outrage fatigue. It's like, don't you get outrage fatigue? And and really, all it is is that you're mad because, or you or you feign indignance because it's like this could help you politically. So you demand an apology, which you probably know is not going to come, or if it does come, it's going to be, it's going to look doubly pathetic. Okay, and I appreciate Dan Crenshaw here. And my thing is, I've never been a big fan of if someone says something that so offends me or so angers me. You know, I don't, I don't demand apologies or any anybody be fired. That's that's not my place to do that. In my opinion, you know, your mileage may vary. But my thing is, it's like you know what? If you're going to say something that's offensive and outrageous, stand by it. Have the guts. I almost said something else. Have the guts to stand by it. And and double down if you have to. He said, you know what? This is comedy. It's satire. I'm doing it in that vein. You don't like it? Pound sand. If I if I don't agree with what you said in the context of that comedy sketch, but you take a stance like that, I apl- I stand up and applaud you. You know, just stand by what you say. Don't be forced into into an apology because again, because of outrage fatigue, it'll all blow over within a day or two until we're on to the next outrage, and they're not going to they're not even going to remember what they were offended by twenty four to forty eight hours earlier. Seriously, but you know what? The next week, which was Veterans Day weekend, Dan Crenshaw, after he won election in Texas's congressional district number two, came on Weekend Update with Pete Davidson and was allowed to make fun of Pete Davidson, have fun at his expense. And that's how Saturday Night Live handled it. And you know what? They couldn't have handled it any better. I thought that was the perfect way to handle it. A tremendous amount of grace and dignity shown by Dan Crenshaw, making fun of Pete Davidson, who obviously was a great sport about it. And you know what was even... One of my favorite moments about that, and a lot of people agree with me on this, was when Dan Crenshaw uh, acknowledged Pete Davidson's father because Pete Davidson's father was a first responder on September 11, 2001. He was a firefighter in New York City and ended up losing his life in 9-11. And Pete Davidson was, I think, an eight-year-old kid at the time, something like that, young kid. Imagine a young kid losing his father, how goofed up he can be, and Pete Davidson has had recurring issues because of that. And you know what? That's understandable. I, I can't imagine losing a parent that young. Thank God I don't I I, I can't imagine that and I've never been through that. I'm I'll be fifty next year and both my parents are still with me and got and I'm thankful for it. 
So I can't imagine being a seven, seven or eight-year-old kid losing his father, and for Dan Crenshaw to acknowledge Pete Davidson's father's heroism was the shining moment of what was otherwise a great moment in and of itself. So this is how stuff like this should be handled. I bring up Dan Crenshaw because he was on Face the Nation this past Sunday, and he was sitting down with some uh, other freshman members of Congress. And they were all going off about how you know Trump is a threat to democracy or Trump is a threat to freedom of the press. And again, when Trump says things like the media is the enemy of the American people, it's irresponsible. Or when Trump calls out fake news, okay, it's petulant because Trump typically calls something fake news when they give him unfavorable coverage. Never mind the unfavorable coverage has some truth to it. But Trump just dismisses it as being fake news, okay? And there are these freshman Democrat House members about talking talking about Trump and his attacks on the press and how it's undermining freedom. And Dan Crenshaw, very measured, doesn't defend the president, but he's very measured and says, "Okay, I'm getting a, I'm getting tired of this hyperbole. What do you mean by attacks? What freedoms has he taken away? The guy's not a dictator, all right? And uh, Nick, if we have that audio clip ready, let me know." Uh, this is the audio clip of Dan Crenshaw. You'll be able to determine, you know, Dan Crenshaw is kind of the inquisitor here, kind of saying, you know, be a little more specific. What are you talking about here? Again, this is Dan Crenshaw this past Sunday on Face the Nation. I mean, precisely that, that I think some of our democratic freedoms and the principles that we live by um, have been under attack for the better part of the last two years. Congressman, like, do you want to respond to that since the president has is the leader of your party? Yeah. Well, I, I always ask the question, like, like what? You know, like, what is he undermining exactly? Uh, you know, what, what democratic freedoms have been undermined? We just had an election where we switched, switched power in the House. Democracy is at work. People are voting and we're in record numbers. Um, I, I always ask for examples, and then we can hit those examples one by one. And if, it's, and if it's worth criticizing, it's worth criticizing. But just kind of this broad brush criticism that the president is somehow undermining our democracy. I always wonder like, what exactly we're talking I'll about. Be happy, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to add all of the I'm things ha- that he's I'm happy to give an example. Yeah. I mean, right. the undermining of the freedom of the free press, judiciary, CIA, FBI, the voting process. Obama indicted, it was, sure. had many press members under investigation. Yeah. Trump is not. So what is the difference Just last week, one of the largest media publications in the United States right, had to go to a federal court in order to essentially no, one guy uh, regain access no, that was to the one press reporter. room. One reporter, it, it, not, the whole, not the whole organization. organizations, including CBS, did file amicus briefs right. in support. Yeah, so, I mean, again, I think we obviously would be, it's part of much larger Because he was disruptive. But, well, again, <laughs> I, I, I would argue that our president is consistently so. disruptive in those very same press conferences, and I would argue <laughs> that he treats them with How is that an attack on the press, though? Because it's literally an attack. Oh, on the I've press. literally been attacked. His, his, so I, I, I his, let's choose his, our words carefully. His language is an attack. Okay, so why can't cases. he speak? Why, why is he not allowed to use his own language and freedom of speech? Because, you, and you talked about this, actually. It's important that we lead from example, that we lead from the top. And the way that uh, our president issue. is currently I, I agree with leading. you there. I agree with you there. Style is one thing. If you want to criticize style, I, I'm with you. Right? But to say it's an attack on the freedom of the press, that is a very bold statement. Okay, kudos to Dan Crenshaw. I mean, I, I I couldn't stand up and applaud any louder. And he's exactly right. First of all, you know, uh, Jim Acosta having to go to court to get his press pass back. Okay, uh, no one was taking away his freedom to report. They just took away his ability to report from within the White House. Okay, and the and the courts didn't rule on the merit of the case. 
they basically, and, and in my opinion, correctly cited due process. Well, wait a wait, you just took away his press pass because he was disruptive? You know, that, that doesn't seem like a... Uh, that, that doesn't seem like a standard for which you can revoke a, a press pass. Okay, they didn't rule on the actual merits of can you take away a media member's press pass. Certainly you can. Okay, but you have to have there has to be some merit to it, and the courts ruled that there wasn't a lot of merit to that. They weren't citing that it was a First Amendment violation, and in, and in, in the other sense, it was only a 14 day restraining order, whereas the White House could take it back. If they just so decide after that 14 days is up, and if and if Jim Acosta wants to relitigate it again after that, he could. And there was talk initially that as soon as the 14 days are up, the White House was going to revoke Acosta's press pass again. But then now they've backed off on that. But the point is, is that this is something that I've been talking about in this show forever. It's like, yeah, I don't like the way Trump says things, you know, and like. I, I still remember that meeting he had last year among cabinet members where they were talking, or it was earlier this year, I think it was. Where he's taught, where Trump says, "Well, due process takes too long. You know, maybe we should get the guns first and ask questions later." You know, in response to some gun control legislation, and you better believe my spine steeled up when I heard that. But again, until any actual legislation is passed or proposed, it's just a bunch of bluster. Is it irresponsible? Yeah, you, I, I'd say so. And is the style irresponsible? Yes, and that's exactly what Dan, Dan Crenshaw was saying here. Criticize style all you want, you know, the coarse rhetoric. It's not becoming of the office of the presidency, but the idea that it's taking away other people's freedoms, it's, it's hyperbole. And kudos, to, again, kudos to Dan Crenshaw for, number one, pointing out the outrage culture. I'm sick and tired of the outrage culture and this outrage fatigue. And secondly, this hyperbole about how he's undermining American institutions. And isn't that ironic? The very same people right now who saying we should abolish the Supreme Court and we should abolish the U.S. Senate because the U, because to each state gets two U.S. senators, and not all states are represented equal. Like, how is it that st- the state of Idaho can have two U.S. senators and have an infinitesimal percentage of the population of California, yet they only have two U.S. senators? Isn't it amazing those same people who are were accusing Trump of upsetting constitutional norms are now questioning constitutional norms themselves? 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. I think it's high time LL Cool J gets in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That injustice needs to be done right now. Hey, I got your back, LL. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. It's me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitch Berg on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. That's all I need to get me in a good mood. She can walk with a switch and talk with street slang. I love it when a woman is scared to do a TheFishTwinCities.com, spreading joy all season long. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Hear Christmas classics and contemporary favorites at TheFishTwinCities.com. Supported by Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Want to maintain your mental sharpness as you age? Learn to dance. According to the New England Journal of Medicine, dancing is better for your brain than other recreational activities. Now you can learn to dance as a couple with this exclusive half-price offer from the Patriot and American Classic Ballroom. Get 20 lessons for just $8.50. That's half price. American Classic Ballroom has developed the most effective method to teach you any dance style. 20 dance lessons for just $8.50 from the Patriot and American Classic Ballroom. 651-405-8800. Don't miss Sandvold Financial Group's Money Talks radio show here every Sunday morning at 9.
Sandvold Financial Group is independent of Questar Capital Corporation, member FINRA, SIPC, and Questar Asset Management. When you have a lot on your to-do list, the last thing you need to worry about is a car repair. Luckily, when you visit any of 16,000 Napa Auto Care Centers, you get highly trained experts and a 24-month, 24,000-mile nationwide warranty, which means your car gets fixed right the first time, so you can spend less time worrying about the things you don't want to, like repairing your vehicle, and more time worrying about the things you do. Just visit NapaAutoCare.com to find the location nearest you. Giving your computer problems a boot, Arby's Computer Service. Hi, everybody. Randy from Arby's Computer Service. Let's talk managed services. Managed services is when you let a company like ours take over the responsibilities of keeping all of your computers and servers protected and running efficiently. We keep your systems patched, keep antivirus protection on all of your systems, provide a way to filter out much of the malware, manage your backups, and most of all, keep you up and running. This is no easy task and takes you time. Time is money. If your server or even important computer goes down, can you afford this? Let us take care of all this for you, and you can stay focused on being profitable. And don't forget, we also fix your PCs, Macs, cell phones, and tablets, too. Call us today at 763-441-3884. Once again, 763-441-3884, or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Step into Chet's Shoes, where good old-fashioned customer service is always in style. Check us out today for a custom-fitting and friendly one-on-one assistance. Chet's takes the time to get to know you and your job so that we can find you just the right boot. Our friendly staff knows the products we are selling and will never pressure you to buy anything. We've been finding people the appropriate footwear for over 70 years. In a world where people hide behind avatars and get lost in the aisles of a big box store, find friendly faces at Chet's who know and stand behind the products they sell. That's why if the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. AM 1280 Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson, filling in for my friend and valued colleague, Mitch Berg. He is a headliner edition of the Northern Alliance, usually heard at this very time frame, 1 to 3 p.m. on Saturdays. I am on Sundays, 1 to 3 p.m. Mitch will be in for me tomorrow, so fear not, Mitch Katiers. You can uh, check out Mitch's broadcast tomorrow. And our friend King Banyan is heard Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. Together we are the Northern Alliance Radio Network, going on 15 years, dominating Twin Cities talk radio on the conservative side. Well, dominating Twin Cities talk radio, period, on weekends. And as always, we appreciate you. uh, (coughs) Excuse me. Appreciate you uh, tuning in. Uh, some rather a rather curious situation developing in St. Paul this past week. Uh, Governor Mark Dayton, who had been down at Mayo Clinic, uh, had some issues uh, with, um, I guess, had some complications. He had had multiple back surgeries, and there was a complication with his lungs that suffered damage as a result of these back surgeries. And he spent some extensive time down at the Mayo Clinic. And our local media was very largely incurious as to why. Uh, here's the story from this past week, uh, November 20th. What was that? This past Tuesday, I believe. Uh, yeah, past Tuesday. Uh, Governor Mark Dayton said his health has rebounded enough from his post-surgical complications for him to leave Mayo Clinic this week. 
and he defended his office's low-key handling of a hospitalization that lasted more than a month. Dayton, age 71, said he will be thrilled to be back in St. Paul on Wednesday to celebrate his last Thanksgiving as governor with his family and his dogs. Speaking in a strong, clear voice, Dayton spoke with reporters by phone from the Rochester, Minnesota Clinic. Uh, His lungs suffered damage from complications after he underwent two back surgeries, but he said they have improved considerably in the last two weeks and that he seldom has to use oxygen anymore. I see definite signs of improvement, says Dayton, adding he's looking forward to getting down on the floor and romping with his grandson. That's my primary objective, he said. The surgeries fused vertebrae to improve Dayton's uh, stability of Dayton's back and legs. He also defended his office's handling of the extended hospital stay. It wasn't publicly announced, though at least one daily email from his communications Staff noted it. The October 29th email said that Dayton would not attend traditional trick-or-treating at the governor's mansion because he was recovering from back surgeries at Mayo. Okay, this is, the 29th was a little more than a week ahead of the election. And I get that there was wall-to-wall coverage of the midterm elections. It's a huge news story, undeniably. And that's where people's focus is going to be if you're going to be focused on political news. But isn't a sitting governor being incapacitated, recovering from a pretty major surgery, and he's had multiple surgeries, multiple back surgeries. I believe he's had a hip replacement, and obviously he's had he's had issues with prostate cancer. Okay? How, how do you just gloss over something like this? I don't get it. I don't get it. And Dave Oreck, who writes for the uh, Pioneer Press, uh, cited an AP story where apparently – The AP story said that Dayton turned over control to Republican Lieutenant Governor Michelle Fishbach when he was under anesthesia. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Did he turn it over while he was under anesthesia or she was running things while he was under anesthesia? I think the latter, okay. (laughs) It's just the way that read. It just seemed kind of strange. Uh, Dayton spokesman Matt Swenson says the governor actually did not hand over control. Okay, so who was running things? The legislature was out of session. If he didn't hand over control to his lieutenant governor, who was running things in St. Paul? And Tom Hauser, who also was reporting on this story, he said that uh, there were emails. Yeah, daily schedules. Here, here, Here's Tom Hauser's tweet. I'll just read it verbatim. What was unusual was Governor Dayton's office sent out daily schedules with a St. Paul dateline saying he was in meetings while he was actually still in a hospital in Rochester. So Dayton said he wasn't hiding the fact he was still in the hospital. He says a few news releases in October did mention he was still at Mayo, but nobody asked why. He he says it was due to a, he says it wasn't due to a lack of communication, but rather a lack of probing interest by reporters focused on elections. Again, this is from Tom Hauser, KSTP political reporter. So Dayton basically throws the media under the bus, and you know what? He's probably not wrong. It's like I and again I get that late October. This is a week before election day, but shouldn't it get more than a cursory glance? Like oh, Governor Dayton's at Mayo. Oh, okay, whatever. I mean, isn't that the first thing you think of? Because Michelle Fishbach never made any public statements. And you would think if Michelle Fishbach was acting governor while the current governor was incapacitated, basically, you know, recovering from some pretty serious issues, sounds like some serious complications. Thankfully, it looks like Governor Dayton's going to be okay. But 
there's obviously was some serious complications that led to him having to go back down to Mayo. And so, therefore, there should be someone running things back in St. Paul, but apparently nobody was. And this is just indicative of Governor Dayton's eight years in office. I mean, how the countless times that the media covered for him. And there were several times where when he got away from his handlers, when he would get up to a microphone and say, just make these utterly abrasive and at the same time incoherent statements. And he was never called on it. And there were other times where he demanded that legislators jump through hoops in order to get these budget bills to him. And he says, we're going to, we're not going to, we're going to be here until the 11th hour and get our work done before the legislature adjourns for the session. And yet his designated parking spot was empty when the legislature is doing all this work. And he said, well, we're going to work until the 11th hour. Well, what's this we stuff, Governor Dayton? You know, you got a, you got a uh, pebble in your pocket there. You're not even there. And yet the only way you don't you, the only way you know he's not there is because you see some Republican legislators that tweeted out pictures of Governor Dayton's empty parking spot. It's like, well, he's talking about we need to get these done. We need to work together to get this done. Where's the governor? He's 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 MIA. And this is just another example of this. And Dayton throws the media under the bus, say what? I said I was at Mayo. No one bothered to look further into it. But then Tom Hauser also had a good point. It's like, well, we're getting communications from his office with a date line that says St. Paul saying he's in meetings. And again, given that he's a, essentially a lame duck governor, he's going to be done in January, and he's in meetings in St. Paul. That doesn't seem all that newsworthy. But only after the fact, when he's back from Mayo Clinic and said, well, yeah, I was in Mayo for several days. And there was even evidence that had come out from email communications that said he's recovering from, uh, from complications of back surgery down at Mayo. And zero follow-up. And again, I hate to play these games where you say, you know, I hate to play these I hate to play these kind of games, you know, if it were a Republican. But I'm sorry, if this were a Republican, there would be constant questions and press gaggles and everything all around the Capitol, state up, wherever. Governor's mansion, wherever. Trying to get answers as to why this cloud of secrecy. So, uh, you know, I, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for a lot of folks in our local media, Tom Hauser, Dave Oreck specifically, but, oh, boy, what a series of, uh, what a comedy of errors it looks like. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also use hashtag NarnShow on Twitter. It is me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitch Berg on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts WOW11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers 
build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting WOW11 to 88988. That's WOW11 to 88988. Have you ever applied for a home loan online, but actually ended up getting telemarketed to death by strange lenders from all over the country? Have you ever called the bank in hope of a good deal, but ended up being treated like a number? That's not how we operate. Hi, my name is Joe Metzler. I'm a senior loan officer with award-winning, locally-based Mortgages Unlimited. Here, I will do a full and proper review of your situation, then provide you with a smooth and stress-free process, and of course, get you an amazing interest rate that you can brag about. And don't worry, we will never sell your personal information to anyone. Reach out to me today to be treated like a person, not a number, at 651-552-3681 or online at imortgagejoe.com imortgagejoe.com that's imortgagejoe.com apply today have an answer tomorrow mortgages unlimited is an equal housing lender not an offer to enter into an interest rate lock agreement nmls number 274132 if you're anything like me the summer road construction did a number on your windshield this season Hi, John Wichko, owner of Advantage Auto Glass, here to thank you for a great summer and to remind you that with cooler temperatures, those small cracks are going to turn into big ones, seriously compromising the safety of your windshield. Now's the time to take care of them and get that new windshield you've been needing all summer. Call Advantage Auto Glass today at 952-423-6396, and we'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives. Advantage will come to your home or work anywhere in the metro. We're a local, family-owned company and a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. That means you'll get personalized service and we do all the billing all backed by a lifetime warranty all you do is call advantage and we'll take care of everything and don't forget you can schedule your appointment on our website at replacemywindshield.com that's replacemywindshield.com welcome back am1280 the patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, filling in for my friend and valued colleague, Mitch Berg. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NARNShow. And go to Facebook, look up the Northern Alliance Radio Network, give our Facebook page a like, and uh, keep abreast of all of the activities going on with the Northern Alliance. As always, we appreciate you tuning into the broadcast. What a nice thing about Thanksgiving is, uh, well, obviously the four-day weekend's very nice, but uh, kind of take some time to kick back, relax, and not do a bunch, not do much of anything. I don't watch a ton of TV during the week; I just just don't have the time. And, and if I do watch anything on the weekends, obviously I watch my favorite uh, sports channels, and uh, I usually consume my political news online and and do some opining on Brad Car- at bradcarlson.org. And feel free to check in my blog regularly at bradcarlson.org. Uh, as I, uh, a lot of the things I write during the week, I kind of expound upon on the show on the weekends. But if you're a political junkie like my, uh, like my wife and myself, uh, you would love the A&E documentary series called The Clinton Affair. And it's about, obviously, a comprehensive three-night documentary series uh, which uh, explores kind of ex- uh, explores broader topics, including media, feminism, politics, and power. The limited documentary event unfolds over three consecutive nights, 
and traces the twisted, intertwined series of events that led to the impeachment trial that set the nation on the path towards a more staunchly partisan political system. Uh, The series features arresting archival footage as well as comprehensive interviews with the people closest to the events, including a timely, in-depth reflection on the topic with Monica Lewinsky. And obviously this was uh, set back, you know, Bill Clinton first took office and uh, there was an investigation into, uh, initially it started out as an investigation into uh, Whitewater. It was uh, apparent during the uh, campaign in early 1992, there was a New York Times story on Clinton's Whitewater partnership with uh, a couple, uh, Jim, uh, the wife, the husband's name was Jim McDougal. I forget, Susan, I think it was Susan McDougal? Yeah, Jim and Susan McDougal. And they contracted Hillary's law firm to do legal work for uh, the uh, savings and loan company that kind of over, oversaw uh, the Whitewater investment. And it looked pre- pretty shady, and there was a um, there was an investigation into it. And, of course, one of the first uh, big events to unfold was uh, the White House deputy, uh, the deputy White House counsel, Vince Foster, uh, committed suicide in nearby Fort Macy Park, Virginia. And Foster was a partner in the Rose Law Firm, and according to reports, Foster was troubled by allegations of impropriety by the Clinton White House in the firings of several staffers in the White House travel office known as uh, Travelgate. And there were a lot of conspiracy theories peddled out there that Vince Foster actually didn't commit suicide, but that he knew too much and that the Clintons arranged for this, which was, in my mind, one of the more irresponsible and reckless conspiracy theories out there. Uh, You know, again, Clintons are very shady and underhanded, but this idea that they're capable of murder um, has never been proven. I mean, yeah, they've done some despicable things, don't get me wrong, and far be it for me to defend the Clintons, but there was no evidence that Vince Foster was murdered. And forensic evidence alone had indicated there was gunshot residue on his hands that he obviously used to uh, fire the gun that ultimately took his life. But nevertheless, this is... And and, uh, when I kind of read the recap of the series, they talked about how this is where partisan politics really became en vogue, I mean, staunch partisan politics, where unless you have control of all three legs of the proverbial government stool, you know, White House, Senate, and U.S. House, uh, you're not going to get a whole lot done. Now, whereas back in the day, you may have parties that, you know, they cross party lines, work together to get things done. Well, as this uh, investigation was taking place, uh, it eventually came to light the the uh, office of independent counsel led by uh Kenneth Starr came to find out about Monica Lewinsky and the president's alleged inappropriate relationship with with Monica Lewinsky so suddenly the case pivoted from whitewater to you know the president and his multiple extramarital affairs and of course he was on uh, took a uh, you know, he took an oath to to tell the truth about these affairs, and then blatantly lied that he didn't have any inappropriate relationship with Monica Lewinsky. When it turned out, yeah, he actually did. And so they were able to get him on a perjury charge, obstruction of justice, because it was also ascertained that President Clinton said, "Look, you know, Monica Lewinsky." He called Monica Lewinsky and told her she was on the witness list in the Paula Jones case. Paula Jones case, of course, was a separate issue where Paula Jones alleged that Bill Clinton sexually harassed her. 
I think it was during his campaign for president. And Monica Lewinsky was on the list, and Bill Clinton encouraged her to lie. And so eventually he ended up being impeached on a couple of counts, obstruction of justice and, uh, uh, and lying under oath. And it obviously he was impeached in the House and the Senate. You have to have two-thirds of senators vote you out of office, and it ended up being 54% or 54 senators said he was not guilty, 45 senators said he was guilty. So they were more than 20 votes shy of being able to expel him from office, and there were thoughts he may choose to resign. He chose not to resign. And uh, I would encourage you, it is on demand, so if you have on demand, definitely check this out. It's called The Clinton Affair. It's three different parts, and it's it's eight hours total. So it is a lot, but it to me, it was very riveting because I remember 20 years ago when this was unfolding. Now, I certainly wasn't as observant in the political scene as I am now. Obviously, with a blog and a, and a radio show, I'm more apt to be plugged into the political scene. Um, but back then, I wasn't so much. I mean, yeah, I voted and yeah, I was interested in things that were going on and you couldn't help but be interested in this stuff because it was wall-to-wall coverage of it. But And, of course, the first time a president faced an impeachment trial since Andrew Johnson you know, more than 100 years earlier, right? So it was historic. But I maintain that this is where this is real. A lot of these events really affected the political culture that we see today. Number one is it definitely made Washington more hyperpartisan. I mean, Newt Gingrich and the Republican Revolution that was swept in during the 1994 midterms and their objective to get uh, to get Bill Clinton at any cost you know, that was certainly part of it. And, of course, Hillary's famous phrase, the vast right-wing conspiracy. And I got to tell you, she's not 100% wrong because they ran with this Whitewater investigation and hoped they could nail the president on it. And it ended up that these extramarital affairs came to light, and that's something they could really get him on, especially because he perjured himself. But it didn't really rise to the level as an offense where you remove somebody from the from the White House. I mean, they talked about... You know, uh, obviously felonies, high crimes, and misdemeanors, and I don't know that this necessarily rose to the level of that. And the Senate, and the Senate obviously agreed because they you needed two thirds of majority, and they didn't even get a simple they didn't even get a simple majority to vote to throw him out of office. So it definitely set up for hyperpartisan culture in Washington, and it also set the stage for yeah, we don't really care what the president does in his personal life. That's why. When Hillary tried to go after Trump and Trump in his infamous TMZ recording about how he grabbed a woman, you know, um, people were like, not not as many people cared as the Clinton campaign had hoped. Because they're like, you know what, we're tired of these eight years of progressive policies that Obama brought forth. We just get more of the same with Hillary. We don't want Hillary. Yeah, what Trump said was despicable. But we like his policy, so we're going to vote for him. Because Clinton, in the aftermath of being impeached, his his approval rating was like in the high 60s, like 67%. And so that really set the stage where people didn't really care about the personal character of the president. As long as their lives were better off from an economic standpoint, they didn't care about any of that other stuff. You can argue whether that's good or bad. I'm not here to really debate that right now. Personally, it's not my preference. Okay. But then again, if that was my if that if that is my firm stance, if that's my hill to die on, that a candidate has to have impeccable character, I'd never cast a vote in any election ever. Let's be honest. So this really set the stage for this 
type of scenario where character isn't as important anymore. And that's why Trump was able to win election because he still had some people saw him as a likability factor, giving it to him straight, and they didn't they didn't care about him memorizing a bunch of facts, is that he was persuasive and that he believed he would do what he would say. And they said, you know what, we need a businessman to get in the White House, enough of these career politicians. Let's get a businessman in the White House. Let's try something different. And again, you can argue the merits of that, whether that's right or wrong. I'm not here to debate that. So there was that particular situation. And it's interesting. I I can't remember who made the quote, but there was a quote by a key figure in this particular series, this documentary series, that said, you know, when when Democrats lose elections, they're sad. But when Republicans lose elections, they're mad. And that's why Republicans responded the way they did. When they lost to Bill Clinton, they were going to come at him with both guns ablaze and try to do any, dig up any dirt they could find to get him off out of office, hence the vast right-wing conspiracy. These days, probably since two, the year 2000, it's been the exact opposite. When Republicans have lost, they're sad. But when Democrats have lost, they aren't mad. They're downright maniacal, loony. They, they, they accuse white women of voting against their best interests. They accuse black people of selling out their race, you know, if Republicans win elections. You know, Democrats make those accusations. It's the exact opposite day. Look, how, look, look at the aftermath of Trump being elected president in 2016. There was riots. There was looting. There was death threats. There were people saying, there were people literally making quotes like, people have to die in order to get this thing turned around. So if people have to die, let's make it happen. You know, people blocking freeways. It is the exact opposite today. So it's interesting to kind of see all that unfold. Again, it's uh, called the Clinton Affair. If you want to check it out on demand, uh, it's, it, it, I think it's available for another few days, but uh, yeah, absolutely riveting. And it's amazing to, go back and and see some of those news clips from back in the day because I remember them but really wasn't taken in by them. I wasn't really gripped by the drama. But you could also argue that's really where the office of the president kind of became like a reality show environment because you had, and of course when the Star Report was released and just this graphic descriptions of what went on behind closed doors between Bill Clinton and and Monica Lewinsky just, uh, ugh, Wow, just, just, yeah, cringeworthy stuff. And and Monica Lewinsky had extensive interviews in this, and she's uh, 40, I believe she's 45 years old now, and her life's been ruined because of this, utterly ruined, because she made stupid mistakes as a 21, 22-year-old. How many of us made dumb mistakes as a 21, 22-year-old? Okay, we get to have redemption. Now, granted, our mistakes aren't as big as getting involved with a a married person, which happens to be the president of the United States. I get that. But I I absolutely think that she should have an opportunity to live a normal life, and I don't know if she'll ever get that. But to her credit, she has taken the situation and has gone out and been an advocate for anti-bullying, as well as sharing her story and saying, here's how you avoid these pitfalls. And here's what to do when you, when you have a family member who goes through a horrific event and is in a depressive state. Here's how you handle them. Here's how my parents handled me. Here, this is why I'm here today. And uh, I tell you, for her to speak so long and so frankly about everything that happened to her, uh, I just, 
seriously, I felt awful for her. And I, get, I know she was a consenting adult, and I know she made a horrific mistake. But I just couldn't help but feel awful for her. And I, I, I'm stopping short of calling her a victim. But at some points, yeah, she was kind of she was absolutely taken advantage of. That's why when Hillary Clinton came out with her 2015 campaign slogan, said all you all women who are victims who are accusing men of sexual assault, and sexual harassment, you have a right to be heard and you have a right to be believed. But then when Winita Broderick saw that and came out, and that was a, that was a, one of the more funny parts of the story, Winita Broderick, who alleges Bill Clinton raped her back in the late 70s, um, she heard that statement by Hillary Clinton. She said, I had to go to my grandson to find out how to use Twitter because I wanted to respond to that, and therefore she could blast it out to millions, and that's how Renita Broderick got back in line light. And funny how Hillary's uh, campaign statement of all women have a right to be heard and be believed disappeared from her website once Renita Broderick came back into the public eye. So, again, the Clinton affair, I definitely recommend it if you are a political junkie or have any interest in, uh, in American history. This is definitely part of our history, for better or worse. One final segment coming up here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitch Berg. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Visiting Angels is America's choice in senior home care. We believe your loved ones should never have to give up living at home. Visiting Angels provides personal home care up to 24 hours per day, including meals and light housework. Ask about our dementia care at home. You'll select your professional caregiver. Look up visitingangels.com or call 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in home care. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. Right now on thefishtwincities.com, you'll hear chestnuts roasting on an open fire and new favorites. Today the Holy Son of God is born in Bethlehem. We're the station that keeps Christ in Christmas, spreading joy all season long at thefishtwincities.com. Listen while you travel with the free Fish mobile app. Supported by Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Hi, this is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. I don't have one thing in my life that I can boast about. Every single thing that is good is a direct result of Christ's salvation in my life. Matthew uh, is one that you might be talking to if you call our number. He's my son-in-law. We've established a great relationship over the past few years, and we pray that that might continue as he serves in the capacity of, of running the office. Well, when someone calls, usually I just try to see what their needs are and whether it's estimating for gutters or a roof or a repair if the roof is leaking. My focus is just always on trying to honor God in how I interact with people. You know, I just try not to add anything or subtract anything from what the Lord would have us do. I'm really excited to be fielding your calls today and talking to you about the needs you might have on your roof or gutters. For a free and obviously no obligation estimate, contact us by phone at 612-900-9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. 
You're finally thinking about retirement, and I'm sure you're wondering, do I have enough money to retire? Will I be able to take that trip, buy that special something, or visit the kids? Now is the time to get your arms around your money, protect and grow your nest egg, so you can live out your retirement dreams. Join us at Online Trading Academy. Call us for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use keyword OTA. Again, pound 250, keyword OTA. Welcome back, Game 12 to the Patriot, Northern Alliance Trade Network. It is me, Brad Carlson. I fill in for Mitch Bird today. Thanks again for uh, Mitch to allow me to uh, don his uh, time slot. Hopefully Mitch is getting all rested up for his gig tonight. Elephant in the Room plays again tonight out at Eagles 94 in Stillwater. I'm going out there. A few of my high school buddies that live out in the area, they're going to be there as well. So kind of a mini high school reunion. Uh, It should be a fun time, and Mitch's band is always a a lot of fun. And uh, I enjoy listening to them. They cover... Pretty much tunes from all the genres, uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s rock. Uh, I, I'm hesitant to call 70s and 80s classic rock because those are those are times I grew up. I think of classic rock as rock and roll before I was born, not when I was living in my prime years in the 1980s, but there we are, 80s and 90s is considered classic rock now. So, <laughs> But anyways, I will be out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, the guys always put on a, a fantastic show. And uh, from what I understand, Mitch uh, tried to overextend himself a little bit last night. Uh, you know, he's lost 70 pounds, so he feels like he can do a lot more physically than he can. And he, and he can, but he says his knees uh, still don't agree with him when he tries to, what do you call it, the duck walk or something like that on the stage last night? I forget how he described it, but uh, uh, apparently you're not going to see that. Uh, you're not going to see that tonight. But I, I look forward to uh, getting out there and seeing the guys play. And then. Uh, fear not, those of you who enjoy uh, Mitch's broadcast, he's going to be filling in for me tomorrow uh, from 1 to 3 p.m. So uh, definitely uh, uh, look forward to that. I always, uh, yeah, here it is. Uh, on one hand, having lost 70 pounds in the past eight months means I can uh, duck walk while playing guitar for the first time in a long, long time. On the other hand, my knees are now telling me that just because one can do something doesn't necessarily mean one should. So. <laughs> There you have it. So I guess we won't be seeing that on stage tonight, but that's okay. Mitch plays a fantastic guitar. So uh, regardless, it is going to be a fun night. Uh, I am heartened by an article that was uh, put out by the Washington Post, a study where it says the number of abortions in the United States has hit historic low, uh, hit historic lows in 2015, the most recent year for which data is available. Now, I'm staunchly pro-life. I don't make any secret about the fact that I'm staunchly pro-life. And my thing is, if a, if a young lady uh, has an abortion, it's a heartbreaking decision because it affects two human beings, obviously the baby that's being aborted, but also the, the woman who's going through the abortion because there is undeniable emotional scars that come from that because there is a bond that is generated between a baby and its mother. And so to shame somebody for having an abortion and to uh, just say vile things about people who go through that is not helpful to the pro-life side. It just isn't. You know, it's, it's the idea is to win hearts and minds in this particular genre. And I know there's talk about now that Brett Kavanaugh's on the Supreme Court that they may take up Roe v. Wade and may end up tossing that out. And, you know, that's all fine and good. But I still think that the best way 
to limit abortions and you know obviously the pipe dream would be to to rid them all together is to engage people in the arena of ideas and you know people think okay well, well why is abortion why is it decreased so dramatically as of 2015 and again this is from the Washington Post story uh, a total of 638,000 abortions were reported a, de- a decrease of 2% uh, from 2014 the abortion rate was 11.8 abortions per 1,000 women ages 15 to 44 in 2015 compared to 12.1 in 2014 and 15.9 in 2006. Uh, The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Surveillance Report comes at a heated time for abortion politics in the country, with Trump administration officials introducing new policies to reduce funding to abortion providers and state legislatures debating even more restrictive laws on abortion. Uh, Just this week, a federal court in Mississippi blocked the state's ban against abortion past 15 weeks gestation. In signing the bill into law, Mississippi Governor uh, Phil Bryant had said he hoped to make the state the safest place in America for an unborn child. While the CDC paper did not delve into reasons for the decline, analysts have cited improved access to birth control, which has led to a decrease in unintended pregnancies, especially among teens, as well as the state laws regarding parental consent. And uh, another one? Specifically, is more young people becoming committed to abstinence. You want to know the 100% surefire way to not getting pregnant? It's abstinence. I think that's pretty obvious. And yet, there were so many schools, health programs, unwilling to teach that. Well, thankfully, young people are, are getting access to that education, and the hope and prayer is that more and more will continue to do so. So hopefully it continues on the decline to virtually nil. That is obviously the dream. Folks, I've enjoyed it. Thanks to Mitch for allowing me to fill in. Mitch will be on for me tomorrow from 1 to 3 p.m. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay. Want to know why the market closed where it did today? Catch Josh Arnold's Closing Market Report every weekday afternoon at 3.53 on AM 1280 The Patriot. Josh will give you instant analysis and insight on the day's events that impacted the market. It's straight talk and not sugar-coated advice. Listen each day at 3.53 p.m. to the Closing Market Report with Josh Arnold, investment consultant and registered investment advisor. More intelligent talk from AM 1280 The Patriot. Hi, we're here with Alexander Green, four-time best-selling author and chief investment strategist of the Oxford Club. Alex is a stock-picking legend. He calls six of the best stocks of the past 20 years, including Apple, Intuitive Surgical, Netflix, Varian, Amazon, and Celgene. Now, Alex, I understand you're targeting a new stock. Yes, it's a cutting-edge tech company making blockbuster deals. I'm talking about $450 million with Nokia, $395 million with Microsoft, and a $29.2 billion deal with Apple. The company is set to create 50,000 new jobs right here in America, and Donald Trump himself even calls what they're doing the eighth wonder of the world. Yet you've likely never even heard of it because this $3 stock trades under a secret name. Alex just got on stage in front of a packed crowd to talk about this secret stock, and you can see his free presentation at OneStockRetirement.com. Don't wait on this. We expect the stock to make big national news on December 17th. Go to OneStockRetirement.com now. G'day, I'm Scott from Plugin Pest Free. I want to personally thank all my Plugin Pest Free customers who have taken the time out to call, write, and who have left messages to thank me for ridding their homes and businesses of unwanted rodent and pest problems. So from me to you, I thank you. 
Plug-in pest frees are the only scientifically tested and, more importantly, consumer-proven electromagnetic pest management system since 1995. Why put up with those annoying rodents and pests any longer? Plug-in pest free is 100% chemical free, making it your safest bet to manage your rodent and pest problems around your family and pets. With a 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code RADIO20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com today. As Winston Churchill said, all the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. Hi, this is Andrew Parker with the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. Join me every Sunday at 4 p.m. for the Victory Hour, when we will talk politics, Israel, and the law. The Victory Hour, Sunday afternoons at 4, here on The Patriot. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.